We're so glad that you found this Peak City message today. Our prayer is that during our time together, you're able to discover Jesus and are encouraged to follow him fearlessly. Amen, amen. What's good, Peak City? How are you? All right. Y'all ain't got no excuse. It's daylight savings time, and you came to 11. So you got your extra hour. You're fine. 9 a.m. was packed out. And they were excited, so I I expect y'all to bring it today. Uh, Let's make sure we do what we always do. We always take time to acknowledge the first-timer in the room and celebrate the courage it takes to come to church for the first time. Hoot and holler, go nuts. Let's welcome anybody that's here that's new to it. It's beautiful. Before we sit down, let me read you my passage for today. We're preaching through the book of John off and on. I've been preaching through the book of John off and on for about six months now. We're in chapter seven, and we're going to take out four verses today. So at this rate, we might finish John by the time I retire. That's right. John chapter seven, verse 33. I believe God wants to do something powerful in your life today through these four verses. It says, Jesus said, I'm with you only for a short time. Then I'm going to the one who sent me, and you will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. And the Jews were confused. They said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? And what did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. They were confused. They had some some missing perspective. And that's what I think God wants to give you today. I think God wants to bless your life today with some of his perspective that can make sure you don't waste your life. That's why the title of my message today is the thing that I think God wants to teach you is how to skip to the season finale. You need to learn today that if you really want to take advantage of this gift of life you've been given, you need to skip to the season finale. It's the worst way to binge watch a show, but it's the best way to live your life. All right, so I'm praying you receive it. Before we jump into it, man, why don't you make this place feel warm and welcome? And when I say this, pause for a second. When I say this, please don't do the like typical church meet and greet. Don't look like, if you're, if you're a fan of The Office, don't look like Ryan when he's on the sales call with Stanley. Hi, 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 and then sit down. Actually share some love and hug some people. Give some high fives. Tell somebody that you're glad that they're here. Make it feel like family, baby. Let's go. Come on, man. Come on, hug some people. Somebody needs to hear that you love them. Tell them they look good even if they don't. Look at the church hugging, loving each other, loving each other, man. That's good. That's good, man. Welcome online. If you're with us, sorry you get no hugs. It's lonely watching church online, <laughs> but we do love you and we want to see you in person. Oh man, what a beautiful church. What a beautiful church. I say that every time I walk in these doors, my wife can attest. Anytime we walk in the doors, I always say, what a beautiful church. And, uh, and I ain't talking about the building, though I am proud of the building. Um, and I believe that it is a beautiful building. I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about what God's doing here. Um, there's just so many amazing things happen. We preached last week on, on conflict, on how to handle conflict, and four or five people gave their lives to Christ, 
after hearing about how to handle conflict. It's like, what's happening? What's happening, man? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful church, and there's a, be- a lot of beautiful things happening. Um, we're, a, we're less than a month away from Easter. Easter at Peak City. If you've never been to an Easter service at Peak City, you are about to experience uh, another level. It's a, it's a big deal when we celebrate uh, Jesus on Easter. So I um, want to encourage you to be there. This is probably the last year we'll be able to do just two services uh, on Easter. I don't even know if we're going to fit everybody because this room's already looking packed, but we're going to try. Um, and 9 and 11, we're going to have baptisms that day. It's going to be a baptism celebration. So for the 50, 60 people over the past couple months that have made the decision to become Christians, that private decision, um, the next step is to go public with it and tell the world that you're a follower of Jesus. And so that's, that's what baptism is. So you can sign up for that on our website. And I'm going to continue to challenge you. You know, you got a little invite card on your seat today, I hope, was, was there. And um, if you don't, we've got them out at the info bar. I, I want to challenge you to bring one person with you on Easter. I want you to be praying about who is your one. Who's the one person that God wants you to be sitting right next to you um, as we hear about the hope that we have in Jesus. So let's pack this place out and make, make Easter a big, big special day, all right? Uh, skip to the season finale. Skip to the season finale. Um, you know, God, I'm learning more that as we read the words of Jesus and as we, as we let him be the primary guiding a voice in our lives. I'm learning that sometimes Jesus will teach you um, by getting on your level and like help you understand things because, you know, we say that Jesus was both fully God and fully man. Actually, I had that question on social media this week. Someone reached out and said, Petey, I'm trying to figure out who is Jesus for Christians? Like to, to, to the Christians, is he God or is he man? And I said, he's both. Right, that's the teaching that we have about he's fully God and fully man. He he went through everything you and I go through. He he experienced every temptation, every trial, every difficulty, yet he never sinned, but he he knows what it's like. Right? So sometimes Jesus will get on your level like last week and say, Hey, I know you go through conflict. Let me show you how to be confident in conflict. Let me give you something practical on your level. But then there's other times that, that Jesus will uh, go the opposite route, and instead of teaching you from that fully man place right, where you've been before, he will say, I need to show you and teach you some things from a place that you cannot see, right? There's a perspective that only God has that, uh, that he needs to share with you at times, and that's really what this passage is, and this is what I believe God wants to share with us today, is that he, he, he wants to lift your perspective up to help you to see your life the way that he sees your life. And I'm praying that this message, I've been praying all week that it would set some people free from fear, from anxiety, from doubt, from worry, but that bigger than setting you free, it would actually put you on, in, a, in a place where you're intentionally living your life, not wasting it. Man, there's too many of us that are like living the old Bill Murray Groundhog Day bit, where it's like you wake up and it's the same thing every day over and over and over, and, and you're getting bored with it, and you're getting tired of it, and you're wasting your days. I think Jesus wants to wake you up today to a new reality. I think he wants to teach you how to skip to the season finale. John chapter 7, we in verse 33. Y'all ready to dig in? Let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't care if you had a one hour less sleep. I don't want to hear it at 11 a.m. If 9 a.m. went rowdy and wild, y'all got to, you cannot let 9 a.m. outdo you in this. If you do, I will never let you live it down. Verse 33, let's dig in. If you're new, just so you know, this is what we do every week. It ain't complicated. Church ain't gotta be complicated. Church gets very, very um, 
messy and complicated in a lot of places. You just, you come in and you tell God every week, thank you for saving me. We're nowhere without the grace of God. And then dig into the words of Jesus and let him change your life. It ain't gotta be more complicated than that. Verse 33, Jesus said, I'm with you for only a short time. And then I'm going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Now pause. For context, if you're new with us, if you're new to the Bible, if you haven't been tracking along with us in the past few weeks, we've been in John 7. And in John 7, Jesus is preaching at this very well-known religious festival, the Festival of Tabernacles. It's a big moment for Jesus. He can spread his message of love and hope exponentially right now if he kind of comes through in this moment and, and preaches. And, pe- and, and people are following him. It's an amazing moment. He's seeing a ton of success. People are loving it. They're following him. They're saying, man, who is this guy? He's so wise. He's so smart. He's got some haters, no doubt. And you're always going to have, like, you'll never have 100% approval in your life from everybody. You're always going to have some haters, and Jesus has some haters. And, but, but he's preaching, and it's this amazing moment where people are loving it, and they're coming from all over to hear him, and it's so good. And then Jesus goes and kills the vibe. He's like, I know this is great. I know this is awesome, but just so you know, I ain't going to be here forever. <laughs> just so you know, there's going to come a time when I'm gone. And I'm going to a place where you can't come with me. It's like, why you got to do that, Jesus? We were having such a great time listening and learning, and now you got to go and like ruin the ending like that. You know, it's like, I, it's, it's similar to how I felt when I was in like late middle school, early high school. It's going to age me a little bit. But in late middle school, early high school, I was reading the books, not the movies, the books, the Lord of the Rings, because the movies hadn't come out yet. And the books are thick and they're boring. The movies are long and boring, but not as bad. But I'm reading the books and this guy sees me in, in my English class. And he's like, dude, you're reading the two towers. That's awesome. Man, isn't that crazy and at, at the end when it happens with Sam and Frodo and the ring and Mordor? I'm like, shut up. I don't, I don't want to, like, and, and, but the, the problem was I couldn't just go watch the movies and find out three hours later if he ruined it for me. I had to read for four more months to find out that this turd ruined the books for me. Like, don't go, don't go skip into the ending like that and ruin it for us. Jesus, what are you doing here? And we see, though, we see, though, we see based on their response why he had to do this. We see how lost the Jews were. You know, Jesus says this, he's like, hey, I'm not going to be with you forever. I'm going to go away to a place you can't come. And for us, that makes sense because we have hindsight, right? We, we know what was going to happen. Jesus would go to the cross. He would stretch his arms out and die. He would be buried in a tomb for three days, resurrect of his own power, proving that you don't have to fear death if you're a follower of Jesus. And then he would spend some time with his disciples and impart the mission to them. And then he would send back to heaven and he would send us the Holy Spirit. And now here we are. We, we know what happened? But they didn't. They had no clue what was going on. Look how lost they are in verse 35. It says, the Jews said to one another, well, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. They're lost. <laughs> They're looking like a husband in the grocery store with a List of items to retrieve for his wife. Where is the peanut butter? <laughs> they, don't, they got no clue. They're confused. They're lost. I, I, I wonder if for maybe some of us, the reason we're so filled with anxiety and so filled with fear and, and so riddled with discontent 
is that we're lost. We can't really find our way around. We really don't see our lives with the perspective that we need to. You see, these people thought that Jesus was gonna be with them forever. They thought Jesus was gonna be a political leader, that he was gonna restore power to the kingdom of Israel. And they thought he was gonna be this, this, this figurehead that they could have their allegiance to in the flesh for the rest of their lives. And Jesus goes, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You are so lost. You're so lost in your life. Your, your head is so down in the moment that you cannot even see what I'm talking about. He says, here's the deal. I need to lift your perspective up. I need to help you see things the way I see things. I need to help you see life the way I see it. He says, if you're gonna, if you're gonna really be able to, to not waste your life, if you're gonna really get the most out of this opportunity you're in right now with me, Jesus would say, you need to understand this concept that life is full of and God is a God of seasons. Life is full of and God is a God of seasons. He says, you need to know I'm not gonna be with you here forever. It's gonna be a, a season. All right, and I had a whole sermon cooked up for y'all this week. Actually, several weeks in the making. I've had this one on, on the whiteboard in my garage where I plot out some sermons. I had this one on the board about a month and a half ago. And I had all these illustrations that were coming to me. I, mean, I was going to preach a, a, just a, a great sermon on the seasons, you know? Like, man, like God in your life is seasons. Sometimes it's winter and spring and summer and fall. I had all these illustrations. I was going to talk about how like in some seasons, you know, like you got your winter clothes on, but then the seasons change and you got to change like your outfit. You got to change your approach. And some of y'all are, are in winter, but you're wearing summer clothes and that's why you're suffering. I had all these illustrations, man. And then this Tuesday when I was writing it and finishing it, God went, you idiot. Don't preach that. That's corny. That was really what God was like. This is Peak City, man. This ain't no. This ain't a regular church, man. We we real and raw, man. We ain't gonna sugarcoat life to be better than it really is. We ain't gonna talk one way in here and talk a different way out there. You dummy! Don't preach that corny Christian crap. And what he what, what he was revealing to me is like, Peter, that ain't even true to life. Yes, life is full of seasons, and God is a God of seasons. But come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We in Colorado Springs right now. And seasons here are not like seasons elsewhere. It's winter here. It snows 12, 18 inches. And I'm out there shoveling my driveway in shorts and a hoodie. It ain't that bad. Summer here is heaven. If you've ever lived in the Midwest, come on, you know. The seasons there are brutal. The heat is too hot. The cold is too cold. We live in porridge country. It's just right all the time. I don't want to hear any wimpy Coloradans saying that the seasons are rough here. It's easy. People are moving here like crazy, man. It's amazing. And God was like, Petey, you dummy. That's not life. Life is not like, oh, man, I feel a cold front coming through. Life's changing a little bit. <laughs> Whew, it's unseasonably warm right now. Life's changing a little bit. No. What he, what he spoke to me as I was working through this is that life is full of seasons, and, and he is still a God of seasons, but the seasons of your life and the seasons of my life, they're a lot less like the gentle, brisk change from summer to fall, and they're a lot more like the seasons 
that you binge watch on Netflix, they're about, uh, they're, they're a lot more like the intense, suspense-filled train wrecks that you can't look away from. Your life is more, your life is more like a, a season of Breaking Bad mixed with Sons of Anarchy, throwing a, maybe a season of Ted Lasso. Some of y'all got some White Lotus Succession stuff going on. Your lives and my life is crazy. Your life is way more complicated than that. Your life is way more violent than that. Your life is way more up and down and unpredictable than that. Life is full of seasons. And God is a God of seasons. But the seasons are a little bit more intense than just a gentle change from winter to spring. Think about the Jewish people for a second that he's preaching to. They lived in first century under the rule of the Roman Empire. One of the most evil empires in human history. And the vast majority of them lived in poverty. Poverty which, by the way, it was, it was poverty with no way out. There wasn't this like, hey man, just start you a side hustle. Start you an e-commerce business. Buy crypto, bro. It was poverty and you can't get out. And the safety was never guaranteed. Their life was threatened at all times. It was crazy. Their life was a season. It was a season. But it was way more violent than a seasonal change in the weather. And what God was showing me is that what Jesus did here is that for these Jewish people and for you and I who get so stuck in the moment, so stuck in the moment, our heads get down. We get so stuck and so lost in where we are right now. What he had to do is say, hey, if you want to really... Get the most out of this life. If you really want, want to really not waste it, you need to skip to the season finale. You need to skip to the end. You need to live with the end in mind. He says, this season you're in right now where I'm teaching you and I'm with you face to face, it will end. And God sent me here today to tell you that the season you're in right now, it will end. End. The season you're in right now, it ain't gonna last forever. The season you're in right now in your relationship, good season or bad season in your marriage, it ain't, it, it's gonna end. Skip to the season finale. The season you're in in parenting right now, it's gonna end. The season you're in right now in your career, in your education, it's going to end. Life is full of seasons. God is a God of seasons. They're just a little bit more violent and, and unpredictable than we like to admit. They're the, train walk, they're, 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 they're the train wreck that people can't stop watching. But God sent me here today to tell you that it's going to end. Not only that, you know, we've been talking about this whole concept that God is getting us ready for something, right? We see it happening all over the country. Revivals are breaking out. Churches are booming. It's, it's amazing. People are coming to salvation here. God's doing something in your life. He's doing something in, 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 in the life of our church. And, and so we got to get ready for what's next, right? God sent me here today to tell you that not only is the season you're going in, that, that you're in right now going to end, but the season you're about to step into, it will end too. <laughs> life is full of seasons. God is a God of seasons. And, and if you want to really maximize, get the most out of this precious gift of life that you've been given, you need to skip to the season finale. You need to live with the end in mind. And what I want to do for the rest of our time, the rest of this message, is I want to just take you to my journal. 
I'm just, it's, this is like just what I, my time with God. I just want to, I just want to share with you what God was downloading to me. When I realize that the season that I'm in right now, it will end. The season we're in in our marriage, the season we're in in, in our parenting, the season I'm in as, as the pastor of this church, the, the seasons we're, we're in, when, when God showed me that the season will end and the season we're getting ready for will end, um, there were some things that, that were obvious. There were some, there was some revelation that God's like, oh, well, if that's the case, then you know these few things. And so I just want to share my journal with you for a second. Just a few things that I wrote down that were life-changing for me, and I pray that they are for you. I pray, pray that you would write them down and pray on them throughout the week um, and really receive this. Because when you live with the end in mind, when you live with the knowledge that the season you're in, it will end. Skip to the finale. Skip to the season finale. Skip. Go there. It's going to end. It changes how you live. So can I just share my journal with you? Yeah? Get a little personal with you? Share, share, share with you what, just what I wrote down in my own time with God. You know, I think that's how God works sometimes. God blesses your life, and it's never just for you. God, God brings blessings to your life, and then he calls them through your life. God brings blessings to your life of career, skills, talents, and that's beautiful. He, blesses, he brings that blessing to you, then he calls it through you to help others. He blesses you financially. He, he brings that blessing to you, and then he calls it through you. When you learn, when you have wisdom and experience, blessing to you, then it comes through you. Okay? I just want to, what I receive from God, I just want to pass it on to you, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll help you. I realized, I realized that when, when I embrace the fact that my season will end, the season I'm in right now, it'll end. I realize that it enables me to handle hardship. When you understand, skip to the season finale for a second. The season you're in right now, if it's a season where you're scared about your finances, you're in a relational tension, you're at odds with your kids, you're caring for aging parents, you're, you're in the thick of a season that feels like there's no progress being made, it feels just like a stalled out season. When you realize it, that it ends... It's going to end. Now all of a sudden you can handle hardship. You can handle whatever life throws your way. And I, I remember for Brittany and I, when we were uh, young parents, and this was, you know, if I can go backwards about like six, seven years, we had three kids under the age of five. And that season, oh my gosh, it's like a war zone. I mean, if, you, if you've never smelled the smell of a full pail of dirty diapers that needs to be taken out. You don't know what nuclear waste smells like. It's a savage season where you have no sleep and kids are pooping and peeing everywhere and, and you're not even sure like who you are. You don't look the same, you don't feel the same. It's crazy, it's chaos. Like, um, you know, uh, it was like, what, three weeks ago we had a, our, our parent commitment moment on stage. How many of y'all were here for parent commitment day when we had all those young families up here? Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful, wasn't it? I, I, I sat back here and I watched like, there's a bunch of y'all were crying. Like at all these young babies of Peak City, all these young families, like so heartwarming. But I'm sitting there going, man, I know they, they look beautiful. The babies are beautiful. The parents are beautiful. I just know that was a stage full of liars. <laughs> Not lying about raising their kid to know Jesus. Lying about how, how easy they were making life look. They looked so well put together. The parents were like posing for pictures up here. It was amazing. When you know, you know, you know. They walked off that stage, got in the car, drove home, put their sweats on, and went back to the war zone. <laughs> it's a hard season. But you know what's crazy is like, I look back on that season for Brittany and I, 
And I tell you, I can't even really remember when it ended, when the diaper season ended. I can't even remember it. I just know it's over for us. That season ended. And all the exhaustion and all the frustration and all the, all the you don't know if your baby's alive or sick or dying or I don't know. It ended. That season ended. And when I look back on that, I go, oh, God gave me what I needed to get through that season. God's a God of seasons. Life is full of seasons, and the season will end, which means, you see, we get into hopelessness and despair when we think it's a life sentence. When you think the struggle you're in right now is going to be your struggle forever, you lose hope. You give up. You make stupid decisions when you think it's a life sentence. But when you understand it's a season, it's a season. God will give you what you need to get through the season. You can handle it, right? God gave us what we needed to get through the diaper season. Now I trust that God's gonna give us what we need to get through the preteen potty humor season. The amount, the amount of genitalia jokes that fly in my household right now from my children, I'm like, guys, stop it! It's preteen boys. I trust that God will give me what we need to get through this season. You see, it's a season. It's a season. And it will end. It won't last forever. I love how the author of Hebrews puts it. He says this in, 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 in Hebrews 12, verse 11. He says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. At the time. At the time. In this episode. In this season. No discipline seems pleasant. It's actually painful. <laughs> but later on, however, skip to the season finale. Later on. Later on. When the season ends. What does it do? It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You, you, do you see the, the key there? It's not just that you went through this season of hardship and you benefited from it. No, it, it actually only, only benefits those who are trained by it. It only benefits you if you skip to the season finale and you realize it's going to end and you go, okay, God, if it's going to end, then while I'm in it, teach me. While I'm in it, train me. While I'm going through the anxiety, teach me how to cast my anxieties on you. While I'm going through the depression, God, help me to see that joy comes in the morning. God, while I'm going through relational tension, teach me reconciliation and forgiveness. See, it's in the valley. It's in the valley where the growth happens. You ever driven up to Pikes Peak? You ever done the touristy thing? I know a lot of people live in the city and have never driven, have never driven up there. It's too touristy. But if you drive up there to the top of Pikes Peak, and, and especially if you're sitting on the passenger side, you feel like you're going to die. It's like I, one wrong turn and you're done. But you get there at the top and man, it's a good view, isn't it? It's a beautiful view and there ain't a thing growing up there. Mountaintop experiences, yeah, they're great, but that's not where you grow. You grow in the valley. You, the, the, the lush green grass is down in the valley. It's down, it's down where the hardship comes. And, and so you can handle it. Whatever you're going through right now, you can handle it. But you've got to say, God, I trust it won't last forever. So while I'm in it, train me. While I'm in it, teach me. While I'm in the valley, help me to not waste it. Helps you handle hardship when you understand that life's full of seasons. God's a God of seasons, and the season will end. And then I went back to my journal. And I was like, man, 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 this is crazy. If I, if I look back, you know, if, if I see right now my season's going to end, and I look back on all the other seasons that have ended, okay, now I can handle hardship. But then God opened my eyes to the, to, to the next reality. It was like, not only can I handle hardship, but if I know that this season's going to end, God uses that 
knowledge, that knowledge of the end being in sight, he uses that to help you maximize moments. The season's gonna end. Skip to the finale. Skip to the finale. It's gonna end, so you better make the most of the days you've got in it. It's gonna end. The season will end. So maximize your moments. Think about the Jewish people for a second. Think about the people Jesus is preaching to. They had God in flesh with them. They had Jesus. They, they are a part of the most slim, sliver minority of human history. They got to have Jesus with them walking and talking and teaching and grab coffee with them. They got to be around Jesus. And what did they do with that season? Well, most of them spent it sitting around arguing about whether or not they believed him. Most of them spent it bickering about whether or not he had the right interpretation of the law. Talk about some church people. They're in the middle of a move of God and they couldn't get, couldn't get off the, the arguments and the debates. They, they wasted it instead of maximizing it, instead of falling to their knees in worship, instead of drawing close to Jesus and soaking up everything they possibly could. They wasted it. They wasted it. You know, when I think about, when I think about this, I, I, I can't help but go to Psalm chapter 90. This, the, the writer of Psalm 90, this man knew that the season he was in was going to end, and he didn't want to waste it. Look at what it says in verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Oh, Jesus, teach me to skip to the season finale. The days are numbered so that I may gain a heart of wisdom, so that I may live in a way that does not waste what I'm currently going through. You know, right now, some of y'all are in, in situations in life where you've got friends around, friends around you, and they're great, and you are totally taking them for granted. And can I just educate you on how life works? Those friends will move. You will move. And those friendships, that season, it'll end. You should maximize it. You should dig those friendships deep. You should invest. You should soak it up. You should, you should encourage. You shouldn't hold back the encouragement. You should maximize that moment. Some of you right now are in a season where you're in between careers and you've got downtime and you feel insecure about it. You're like, man, I, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. If you're a, if you're a student, it's like, man, like I, I, I know at some point God's going to have more for me, but right now I just, I just got all this time and, and I don't have a ton of responsibilities. Maximize it. Make the most of it because you'll never have that season again. Connect with God in a deeper way. Grow yourself physically, mentally, spiritually like never before. Maximize the moment. The days of that season are numbered. It's going to end. It's going to end. I feel so convicted right now. I feel so convicted that one of, my, one of my greatest temptations right now is that I would waste one of the greatest seasons of my life. I think some of y'all are in the most beautiful seasons ever. Things are awesome. And the devil's got you so worried about little details. The devil's got you so distracted by little things that aren't perfect. And you are missing the glory days. What's Andy Bernard say? I wish there was a way you could remember you're in the good old days while you're still in them. You're in the good old days right now. 
the season that you're in right now. It's amazing. And I feel so convicted that right now I have the temptation to waste this season. I have 10 years left with my kids at home. God, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Jesus, teach me to live intentionally with my kids, to not let a chore list that doesn't get done remove me from investing in them relationally. God, help me to not worry about the exhaustion just to push through it because they're gonna come a day when they're not here in the house and, and I'm gonna have all the sleep I want. That season's coming. God, teach me to number my days. The season I'm in, the season, the season our church is in right now? Oh, come on, man. I dreamed of the day. I dreamed of the day that we would see a church where people give their lives to Jesus every week. We're in it. We're in it. I ain't going to waste it. But let me tell you, let me tell you, what God was, was revealing to me in this is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But your season as the pastor of that church, it will end. And I hope it's a long time from now, right? Like one of my life goals is to be old Pastor Petey. (laughs) Petey's a weird name for a guy in his late 30s. But a guy in his 60s, 70s, oh, old Pastor Petey. Who's that old man smoking a cigar in the corner? Oh, that's old Pastor Petey. (laughs) That's That's a killer vibe, man. Old Pastor Petey. I pray I get to be old Pastor Petey. But whether I get to be or I don't, the reality is either way, the season will end. The season will end. The season of your career success, the the, the season will end. And so God just has pressed on my heart that while I'm in this amazing season where God is moving, I get the privilege of of serving, that I'm going to maximize it. I ain't going to let fear hold me back. I'm going to make the hard decisions. I'm going to preach every sermon like it's my last one, like God might wipe me off the face of the earth this week. I will maximize the moment. I will not let the devil get me to the end of this thing and look back with regrets. Teach me to number my days. Skip to the season finale. Whatever you're in right now, God wants you to make the most of it. But the only way you'll lift your head up is when you realize that whatever it is, whatever season you're in, is going to end. The season we're about to step into as a church, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can see it. But that season will end too. And so we're going to make the most of it along the way. And, and then I went back to my journal and I was like, man, okay, okay, okay. Then something weird happened. My, my last point I want to share with you. As I processed through it, I was like, okay, God, if you, if, if you skip to the season finale, if you live with the end in mind, if, if you're taught to number your days so that you may gain a heart of wisdom, you can handle hardships. Easy, man. I, I can handle anything. It's like, a, it's like an ice bath, cold plunge, man. I can handle it for three minutes. 30, no, I'm out. But three, I'm in. I can handle the hardships, and then I can maximize my moments. I can, I can, I can make the most of it. I, I got that. Then I started getting sad. I started getting real sad. Isn't it weird when we watch shows on TV, and we get sad about fake characters living out fake stories coming to an end? You're crying. Like, I can't, I, I'm, every season of Ted Lasso, I've welled up with tears at the end. Like, he's just such a good guy. Just so sad for his family. He had to give up his marriage and closeness with his son. I'm so sad for him. He's fake. <laughs> but I think it is natural for us to it when you realize, when you skip to the season finale and you realize that the season will end, it's natural to feel sad. That is sad. 
you know, and, and I think because we're such a celebratory church and we're always so optimistic bent, which I believe is the way of Jesus, I think sometimes, though, we don't often acknowledge the reality that sadness is a good and normal feeling. Jesus was known as a man of constant sorrow, well acquainted with the deepest grief. He knew what sadness was. He was, he was well acquainted with it. And I think it's normal when you receive this truth from God that the season you're in is going to end. It's normal to feel sad. But I, I believe that many people are trapped in that sadness. I think there's a lot, of, a lot of us in the room right now that can't let go of a prior season that we were in because it was so good and we miss it so much and we just want so bad to go back to that season. And the devil, it means like, it's okay to feel that, but the devil wants to keep you there. He wants to trap you in that sadness. You know, for me, um, there was a season that my wife and I had together when we, it was when we first started having kids. And I was serving in ministry with some of my very best friends. And life was just easy. None of us had very demanding jobs. And we all had young kids and we all just hung out together and loved each other. It was just like, it was perfect. And then, skip to the season finale, it ended. People moved. People moved on. And and you know what's funny? It's like just last summer, I was actually with a bunch of those guys from that season. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great, man. We're getting the gang back together. Got them back together and just wasn't the same. Because people change. People grow. Distance. All of that. You know, you can't recreate the seasons you live through. I think sometimes we try to. We try really hard to. and and, and, And we let a lot of joy be robbed from us in the current season because we compare it to the prior season. And, uh, and I feel like God was just working that over in my soul. Like I've struggled over these last three or four years at times to let that season go and not mourn it and to move on from the sadness of it. But then, then I realized, man, forget that. Skip to the season finale and think about the current season. If you'd have told me three years ago that Brittany and I could sit on the front row and turn here and, and, and watch you guys worship God the way that you do, and see the work that God is doing in our city through our church. If you'd have told me we'd be in a season like this, I'd say, oh man, that was a great season before. But when you skip to the finale, what God teaches you is that not only can you handle hardship, not only does he enable you to maximize moments, but he also teaches you to always anticipate, to always look forward. Because what I've learned with God is that when one season ends, a new season's always about to drop. A new season's always about to drop. Come on, think about your favorite show. What do they do at the season finale? You get through the credits, you hang on to the end, and what do they do? They drop you a little teaser at the end, a little preview of what's next. I'm telling you, I've just learned with God. I've learned, I've learned that no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind can fully comprehend what God has in store for those who love him. When one season ends, I'm telling you, a new season is about to drop. God sent me here to tell the depressed, to tell the lonely, to tell the discouraged, to tell the downhearted that a new season is about to drop in your life. God's about to do something, and it's going to be good. I ain't telling you it's going to be easy, (laughs) but it's going to be good. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. It ain't going to be easy. When you read that verse, it was written to a bunch of people going through hardship, but God was with them in it. You can handle it because the season will end. 
when one season ends, a new season's about to drop. You can always anticipate. You can always believe that the best with Jesus, the best is yet to come. And that ain't preacher hype. It's reality. We see in the book of Revelation that there will come a day where every tear is wiped away, every wrong is made right. The best with Jesus is always yet to come. A new season's about to drop in your life. He's a God of seasons. You just got to skip to the finale. And, and if you would do that, this perspective, come on, think about it for a second. Go, go and put that last slide up there with, with all three of them up there for us for a second. Perfect, thank you. Can you describe to me a more bulletproof life? <laughs> it's like, Jesus, whatever happens, I can handle the hardship. Whatever happens, God, I know it's a season, so I'm going to make the most of it. And whatever happens, no matter how difficult it is, I will always anticipate a new season's about to drop. That's a bulletproof life. And that life can be yours. It is not, it's not something that you have until you decide to trust Jesus with your story. You got to trust Jesus with your life. You're a bad writer, producer, and director of your own seasons. This can be yours, though, if you will trust Jesus. If you will trust him. If you'll trust your story into his hands. And I think for some of you, maybe that's the decision you need to make today. I think some of you have been looking and searching for meaning in so many places. And today, it unlocked for you. You understood the truth that your life will never make sense until you have trusted it to Jesus. He's the one who made you. He's the one who can save you. And he's the one who can redeem the messed up story that you've written so far. You got to trust him with it. Some of you guys need to make that decision for the very first time. And then I know others of you have maybe been in church all your life. And maybe you would say you believe in Jesus. But I know a lot of Christians who hold very tightly to the control of their lives. I think sometimes a lot of Christians, they end up saying, Jesus, I trust you with this. But then when it gets rough, when you don't like how the episodes are playing out, you take control of it again. I know a lot of people in here that raise their hands in worship, but they hold on to their life like this. And maybe today you just need to say, Jesus, I trust you with it. I, I give it back to you. I'll, I'll recommit my story. I'll recommit my life into your hands. Either way, I want to give you the chance to make that kind of life-changing decision before God today. And we do this in every service. So if you would, go ahead and stand to your feet. If you're new with us, we, we make a private moment between you and God. We believe that's where all great life change begins. It starts with you getting alone with God and making a decision. And so right now, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes in the room. Again, this is to create privacy. We will not parade around any decision. This is about you and Jesus. And so if you know, you've been wandering your whole life. You've been looking for the answers. You've been looking for something that would help you make sense. And now you know you found it. That what Jesus did for you on the cross when he stretched his arms out, it paved the way for you to be forgiven and restored to a relationship with God. When he resurrected from the dead, it, it showed you that you have nothing to fear, not even death itself. And now because of Jesus, 
because of everything he's done for us, we can trust him with the story of our lives. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to have your life cleaned up. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to be ready to say yes to starting the journey. Yes to trusting your life with Jesus. And if that's the decision you want to make today, to become a follower of Jesus, to become a Christian, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three as a private decision between you and God. One, two, three. That's incredible. I see several hands over there. So good. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We need to keep your heads bowed and eyes closed to keep that privacy, but you need to know three or four or five people in the room just raised their hand to give their lives to Jesus and to make a life-changing decision. Can we celebrate that? That's beautiful. And you need to know if you just raised your hand, all of heaven is celebrating with you right now. All of heaven is celebrating. We got a, a, a crowd of witnesses around this church right now in heaven that are celebrating. And your life can change forever because of what you have done today. And we got your back as your church family. When you're ready to be known, we got your back. Now for the rest of us, if you've been following Jesus, maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe at one point you trusted him with your life, but you know you've taken control of it again. And you want to recommit it to him. You want to re-surrender your life to Jesus, re-surrender your story to him, and let him take control again. If that's the recommitment decision you want to make today, between you and God, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. It's beautiful. Hands up all over the room. It's beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray and ask him to seal that decision in our hearts. Jesus, Jesus, we trust you. We trust you with our stories. Jesus, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. And for the joy set before you, you endured the cross on our behalf. And so because of that great love, we lay our lives down at your feet. We give you everything, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for the people who made first-time decisions, for those who made recommitment decisions. God, seal those decisions in their hearts. Make it more than a moment. Make it a, a point when life truly was changed for them. And Jesus, I speak on behalf of all of us right now. When, when I say we choose to trust you, we choose to believe the truth that when one season ends, a new season's about to drop. You're about to do something new, God. You're about to do something in our lives and we can feel it and we can see it and we cling to it, God. We cling to that hope. Do something incredible in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name we all pray together by saying amen, amen. Come on, can you feel faith growing in your heart? You feel like God's doing something in your life? Let's go, man. Come on, let's sing to it. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us for this Peak City message today. If you'd like more information on Peak City Church or if you'd like to give to the mission here in Colorado Springs, then check us out at peakcityco.com.